Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? We are back and me and Grifka, we ran through the whole 2018 season on Kool-Aid Rewinds. We rewatched the games, we got pumped about certain things, we were depressed, we're done with those. Grifka, it's time to talk draft, free agency, Lions football. How are you, buddy? I'm excited for this draft. I mean, it's a nice high pick for the Lions and uh, some good guys at, at the Combine. Looking forward to this. Absolutely, man. And like I say, just got done with the combine. We're going to hit on some of that, uh, all types of stuff today on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. But Grifka, right off the top, man, I got a huge announcement, a big, big announcement. Are you ready for this? I didn't even tell you this offline. Are you ready? Yeah, this is, you have me excited. What is this? Grifka, it is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast 100th show today, man. We've done 100 of these podcasts. I called the big Hughes back in the day and I said Hughes how about we try to start a Lions podcast and just talk football and so he like rolled with me and we did some and then uh, he got busy had some uh, him and his wife had some twins we got you on board you've been rolling week after week 100 shows Grifka what do you think about that well man if I would have known I would have baked a cake <laughs> uh, we, we know you can't bake or cook and neither can I so uh, that wouldn't have turned out well but Grifka the moments that jump out to me is the Grifka rant about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. That was classic. All the Grifka-isms that the people love that always get one of these. And just all the other things that we talked about. Uh, you calling me out about Odell. Uh, just uh, all the different things, all the Lions takes we had. The right, the schedule review that we were totally off on. All the fun uh, game rewinding reviews, man. It's just been a blast. And like I said, we just love that the people have been listening. We love talking football. And this is the best time of year right now, Grifka. Yeah, it's like uh, every, everybody, everybody has hope at this time of year. Going into the draft, after the uh, you know free agency starting up here, after the combine. Everybody's got hope for their team. Even you? Yeah, right now until I see the draft, what they take. You know, then I go, then I go jump off a bridge just as soon as they take T.J. Hawkinson with the eighth pick. Grifka, everybody, uh, as people know on the show, like we're both Detroit Kool Aid Lions uh, Kool Aid drinkers, but I go to the positive. I think our team's going to be incredible. We're going to put this thing back together. Grifka's going to wait three years and see how it turns out, and then tell you he told you so. But even Grifka this time of year is pumped up. So that's that's awesome, man. How about we stop all this and, and get into the show? Yeah, let's let's get into this. All right, Grifka, we're going to hit on a few news and notes, but then we're going to kind of take them in order. We're going to tackle some free agency topics, and then I got some fun draft stuff we're going to do. So right off the top, Grifka, Okwara signed back for two years. Steven Longa signed. 
how do you feel about us inking these guys? Uh, more excited uh, about Aquara than Longa. I mean, uh, Longa was more of a special teams guy. Didn't do, uh, you know, it wasn't a main cog of either the offense or the defense. But uh, Aquara, this was a guy that uh, he led the team in sacks last year. I believe it was a seven and a half. I know that's not an outstanding number. You know, jumps off the page at you. But uh, considering what the Lions did to get him originally, what he was just kind of a, uh, and I, well, he was just kind of signed off the scrap heap. You know, and they didn't even like really trade for him. So. Um, I, I, I liked it. I mean, it's a. I mean, we talked about hoping to resign this guy. I don't think he's gonna be. I, I don't think he's the type of player who's gonna be like that. Put the fear of God in, in the offenses. You know, it have to like, oh, we got a really game plan for this guy. But he can do some damage. You know, uh, given the proper piece of around him, he could he could flourish. You know, maybe get you know like ten sacks a year, something like that. Nine, ten sacks a year. I mean, he could be that type of guy for this team. So, pretty excited they got him back. Grifka, I absolutely love getting Oquara back, and I love when the Lions like kind of target some of these younger guys, some guys that have showed some promise, and they don't mess around. They get them signed up. They didn't play any games. They got this guy at a decent number for two years. He's basically 23, 24 years old. He's got all the measurables to be a decent pass rusher. He was very productive. Like you said, We he basically got cut from the Giants, and we swapped him out for Anthony Zettel. And, uh, man, what a what a great pleasant surprise. He seems to have a great attitude. I think this is a guy that you can um, you know, both have in the rotation and maybe even lean on to play an edge role, you know, depending on what they do in other areas. So I love that. I know you kind of sold Steve Longa short, but, I mean, he's 24 years old too. He hasn't done much, but I know there were some reports and some things coming out last year. They were, like, high on this guy's athleticism, his ability to maybe do some more things. And then, sure enough, I think kind of right before the year, maybe even in camp, he got hurt and just never could show anything. But, hey, man, he knows the system. He's young. He's athletic. I think he can uh, add some depth to that linebacker position be good as well. So excited about that. Uh, Other news, Grifka, we signed up a new running back coach, the Cincinnati Bengals running back coach, Kyle Kasky. Any thoughts on him, buddy? Not particularly. I mean, uh, the position coaches and pro, I mean, they're they're pretty much just a kind of, I feel, pretty much they're just kind of, you know, coach to what the offensive scheme and or defensive scheme is. You know, they're not, by the time you reach pro, you should know technique. You know, especially guys that have been around for a while. I mean, it's not got to be one of those things, this is how you, like, pick up a block, this is how you pick up a blitz, this is how you, you know, run this flare route. I mean, you should have most of that down, and it's more like, I feel it's more like coaching into the scheme. You know, this is, you know, they want you to do this, this is why you're, this is why you're doing it this way, you're lined up, more so than technique. So, like, position coaches like that, I, I never really get too geeked about them. You know, I mean, unless you're a special teams coach, of course, and then, you know, you know, we, you miss the great Stan Kwan, you know, so, uh, but uh, other than, you know, I, other ones, I, I don't get too geeked about them that much, but that's just my personal opinion. I know other people think they're key cogs, that's why they're on the team, they're needed, but they're there really just kind of like, you know, this is why we're doing it this way. You know, they break, you know, when the little film sessions break down, you know, highlight your area of the of um, of the field of, of what your position group is doing. That way, the head coach or the coordinators aren't sitting there, you know, with everybody trying to do it. So I, I never really get too stoked about just grabbing a position coach, no matter if the guy's like up and coming, a, a name that's been around for a while, a name that you might have heard. You always hear of like former coaches going back to teams to be like advisors or position coaches. So even those guys, I still don't I'm, I'm still not 
stoked about it. So that's how I can. That's my take on position coaches. Everybody out there, that's two Grifka bells for the word stoked. We've heard that many a times on these hundred uh, podcasts, but. Grifka, nobody's asking you to do backflips for uh, the running backs coach, Kyle Kasky. What I'm saying is that if you did any research at all or read any articles, this guy came from Cincinnati. He's been around the league. I want to say he's respected. In Cincinnati, he made an absolute stud out of Jeremy Hill his uh, rookie year. And he's also had uh, Giovanni Bernard be great there. He's uh, turned up the juice and you tried to downplay Joe Mixon. Oh, he's, he's okay. I guess. I mean, he, he's decent running back. Oh yeah. He led the AFC in rushing and, and had a bunch of catches and a bunch of touchdowns by the way. So this guy has a track record. It's nice to bring in some new blood and uh, we're going to get this running game going in 2019. So I, I didn't need the guy's bio or do you think, Oh, we're winning the super bowl now because we have Kyle Kasky, but it seemed to be a good hire, and uh, like I say, there were people in the NFL that were that were fired up about it, or were kind of saying like, "Hey, that's a good coach to go get." So, any any <laughs> coaches we can add is a good thing. You you asked me my thoughts, so I gave you my thoughts. You know, I mean, that's what you asked me. <laughs> yeah, but you went on a, a five minute something about like, oh, the the running back coach doesn't really do much for you, like like he's he's a part of the coaching staff, and he's better than what we had. That's that's what I wanted you to be decently excited about not say uh, oh we're set now because we have this guy like it's a it's a good hire and a good ad by the team what we need to talk about now is free agency bro it is coming sunday at one kind of starts the clock where people can negotiate uh players can uh wheel and deal there are some players that have been cut that can basically sign now or can be uh, in negotiations now grifka the name, the buzz on Twitter and all over the place for our Detroit Lions. Landon Collins to the D. The number 21 is open. Uh, Matt Pat loves three safeties. He loves to move uh, all his chess pieces around. This guy's 25. He's been in some Pro Bowls. Before I pump him up and before I tell you why he's a great fit, I'm totally on board for this, you should probably throw some cold water on me and the people by telling us why it's not good and why it's a negative move by the Lions so we can get that out of the way. Go ahead, buddy. Um, do what you do. Okay. I, I think Landon Collins, he's going to be at the top of the heap for safeties, and he's going to be one of those guys a lot of guys are going to – a lot of teams are going to be looking for. So and this might be one of those things where, you know, the teams may – players don't look at the Lions as like a winning franchise. You know, Here not, we go. Not the team's going to be anything. So – it might be one of those things to get him here. We might have to overpay to do that. And I know it's one of those things just as soon as you say I throw cold water in it because you might have to overpay him because you make it sound like everybody wants to come to Detroit. Everybody does. It's a great place. It's a great town. They have the <laughs> Red Sun. They have the Detroit River. I mean, you know, they got the, they got Motor City Casino. It's awesome. But, you know, it's still one of those, those things where uh, we, we might have to overpay him. And then when we do our dollars and cents shows, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, we overpaid this guy. So, uh I mean, yeah, he's great, and he'd be a great fit. But um, it might be one of those things where it sounds like he's at the top of the heap and a lot of teams may want this guy. So to get him to come here, we may have to throw him a few extra dollars, and I know okay. you don't like I know you don't like that. So Yeah, yeah. okay, we get, we heard that point. What is overpaying in Grifka's mind? Like, what, what over, what's overpaying him? Yes, what, what's your price tag for him where you're okay, and what's your price tag where you hate it? I guess I haven't check the market on safeties yet to be honest with you to give you a number like oh this guy's too high you, you, you gotta do your homework Griff, because so the the giants cut him loose 
and they would have had to pay him. I my homework on Landon Collins. I don't think he's coming here. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so let, let me roll with this then. Uh, so Landon Collins got cut from the Giants, and they would have paid him $12 million on a franchise tag. They didn't want to pay him that. Again, uh, you can look at that as overpaying or a lot of money. You can look at this also as this guy is 25 years old. He's, he's made three or four Pro Bowls. And what I love about him is he's a safety that loves the physical play, which we're trying to be more physical. He can also come down and, and cover. He's uh, a leader. He's a team captain. He's an absolute like force when it comes to, like I said, just being a, a beast on the field. All those things go in there for him. And when you look at franchise tags around the league, you know, the safety position is is becoming more and more integral. And it's the 12, 11, 12 million, wherever the range was. I don't think that's terrible because last time I checked, we were going to pay Gover Quinn anywhere from like, I want to say he was in the eight range when it's all said and done with all the money that was pushed forward and, and whatnot. So you're basically like minusing that from Glover and paying this guy another handful of million bucks to come in here and lead the team. And the other thing that you totally missed on where you're just focused on maybe overpaying this guy, Snacks Harrison is here. Canard is here. Uh, Diggs, I guess, has a connection with this guy. Um, who am I else? I forget. <coughs> Oquara. These guys are all boys, man. These guys are all recruiting this guy. So if he comes here, he knows people. All those guys I named, too, are kind of integral parts of this defense. That's why I'm so in favor of it. And the other thing it does, no matter what you pay him, is it gives Tracy more time to develop. Yeah, you can run three safeties. Yeah, you can put Tracy in passing downs. But you can sort of bring him along more because Landon and Diggs would probably be the two nastiest, most versatile safeties in the game. Like, you, you want to go back to our dogs episode, Griffka? We're talking 100 uh, shows. Let's go back there. And, and if we sign Landon Collins, bro, we've got two dogs on the back end and maybe a third in Tracy. I got to see a little bit more. But uh, they'd be barking all day at defenses. Is that enough info for you? You just want me to say uh, I don't want them to overpay and hope they get them cheap? No, I mean, that's enough info. But you always say, like, I, you know, I, I you know, bring the, you know, I, I you know, bring the cold water and throw everything. It's just there's a mentality around the league that if guys like want to win, I mean, Detroit. I mean, it's it, you have to admit it. I mean, Detroit's not known as a winning organization. So, and to get guys here though, they they generally have to overpay them a little bit. I know they're boys, and I know like you said, I, I, Oquara and Snacks and Diggs has a connection, and you know, Canard. They they know these guys, but still, I mean, they can do one of those things where it. it the, the player's going to step back, and the agent might even like being his ear saying, "Hey, man, you know, look at this. If you know they're not really a winning organization, so wait for them to give you the cash." I mean, that's all I'm saying, and, and you, you get on me about it, but it's the truth. I mean, it's one of the warts of the Detroit Lions that nobody, that you know, Lions fans don't want to talk about, and they're like, "Well, you're not a real fan." Well, yeah, I'm a real fan, but you, you got to realize that, though. I mean, the, you hear it, you hear it on the NFL Network. I mean. You know, Dre Bly, when he was here, was, like, trying to recruit players, too, and he was struggling with it. It's it, it just one of those things, man. You know, that's all I'm saying. And like I said, he's probably going to be at the top of the heap. And to get him here, you might have to pay him a little more. So that, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a great fit here. I'm not saying he, I wouldn't love it if he, if you know, if he signed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there's, you know, it's just a thing around Detroit that Lions fans, you know, okay. you know have to have to realize. Everybody out there, if, if Griffco 
was on social media or did have a Twitter handle, I'd love to throw it out right now so you could send your hate tweets directly to him because he's killing our show right now. Grifka, that is the same old loser Lions mentality that I've yelled at you many a times on this show for. Oh, poor us. We've never been good. Nobody wants to come here. We only get the old guys that we have to overpay for. Are you ever going to think differently? Or is that just like we shouldn't even go out in a free agency because we're just going to get the uh, senior citizens that uh, are no good at football? Is, is that really the way it is? Or is that the way you and others think about it because you're so lost in, in 10 years plus years ago that you can't uh, – you know, you can't think otherwise. Like, well, that's just ridiculous. It, it is what it is until they start winning. I mean, to say that, though, it's just like we can – you know, Lions fans can sit back and say, like, how come they never go out and get these guys? Maybe those guys don't want to come here. I mean, you hear that all the time. It's like, why didn't they sign this guy? Why didn't they sign this guy? Why didn't they sign this guy? Maybe those guys didn't want to come here. Okay. So, well, I, that's you my... can say, like, oh, woe oh, is me, goodness. woe is me. But to get those guys to come here is a, as a professional athlete in any sport, anyone, your favorite basketball, football, my favorite baseball, it's just money talks. I mean, that's what it is. You get the biggest contract, they're paying me the most, I'm going to go there. You know, okay, that, that, that's and, what it is, and that's why I yelled at you of of why Antonio Brown didn't make sense because of money and because of his age and because of his attitude, but also because he has no ties here, he has no boys here, he has no like reason to come and be and change a defense, change an offense. Uh, he he would have just be coming here for both a money grab and hey, get me the football. Landon Collins, I guarantee you, the Lions go out and sign him at I don't know four years, ten million bucks a year, whatever it is, like. He's going to galvanize this locker room. He's going to lead the defense. It's going to be like him, Diggs, and probably JD as kind of like the leaders of this defense. That's an investment I'm willing to make, and that's a intriguing thing for a guy to come to that has friends on the team, sees a defense that definitely was on the come up last year, and an offense that is going to add some pieces and probably be much better in 2019 than they were in 2018. So, Yes, we don't have the best weather like Miami. Yes, we don't have the explosive offense right now like the Rams or the Chiefs. But I'm telling you, this is a good situation for this guy. It's everybody's number one target right now. It seems like a perfect scheme fit. I am really, really hoping our Lions go out, do what they got to do to get Landon Collins. And, yeah, me that always says get them cheap, draft players because it's a better contract. I still stay by that most times, and I also think this is an opportunity to pay a guy good market value and get a leader, a physical football player, and a great addition to our team. So with that being said, let's keep this thing moving. Grifka, would you spend Ziggy-type money on Trey Flowers, assuming that they don't, as you said, overpay for Landon Collins or they don't go out and get him? but they target flowers. Would you spend Ziggy money, which is 17, 18 million bucks on a multi-year deal to get a defensive end rush a guy like him here? I think the lines may have to, especially with all the defensive ends, you know, all the pass rushers getting franchise tagged. I, I think they may have to, um, do I think he's like the best of the best that that's you know out there? No, but like all those guys are getting franchise tags, so I don't know if I seventeen eighteen million. That's 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 an awful lot, you know. Um, I mean seventeen eighteen million. I mean fourteen fifteen. Don't know if that would do it. I know I know it's one of those things where people are like, well, that's only a few million, but you know, 
once again, you know, and, you know, like you like you've said this before, every every dollar counts when it comes to the salary cap. So that's one of those things where, you know, 14, 15 mil based on that. But it might be one of those things where you might have to throw a little extra cash at the guy to get him to come here because there's a lot of defensive ends and pass rushers off the board already. Uh, um, all the elite ones with the uh, with the franchise tag. So me, I mean, 17, 18 is a little steep for me. So. I I wouldn't. All right. So my quick take on Flowers is that, you know, he has to have a surgery this offseason. I think it's a shoulder. That's that's not really good. We just dealt with a defensive end that had shoulder issues. So I'm a little worried about that. I do like his age. He's younger. I want to say in that 25-year-old range. Um, You do need pass rushers. But at that price tag, I mean, I'm going to pass on this guy mostly because – I have, even though we didn't see it all the time the way we wanted to in 2018, if you go back, we just did. We went back and watched the tape. Like, every game, I felt like I was seeing decent run stopping and decent pressure. Um, If you go back and look at our sack numbers overall, especially with what we had on the edges or didn't have, it wasn't bad. So, I think Matt Pat can scheme up pressure. I think that if we add a Landon Collins – that adds to our DB um, area. We can cover better. We can be more physical. I think that helps your rush. I'm much more on the track of getting a Landon Collins, passing on a Flowers type, and then and then looking both in the draft, <coughs> depending first round or wait a little bit and see where you can get a guy at a great value and really add some young blood to this uh, edge rush because I think we'll have such a good rush up the middle. So I'm going to uh, sort of pass on him as well. Now, if he was in that 14-ish range and we, we, we didn't go get other big-name guys, I'd be a little bit more apt. I mean, he it just depends what Matt Pat thinks about him, I guess, at that point. I mean, if his, if his dollar is right and he loves him, then I'd support it. But um, pretty much going to pass, in my opinion, on him thinking I can, I can get – rush ends other ways and and i love how canard played i mean i think of canard as a rush end basically and i think he's going to even play better this year so looking forward to that grifka next thing i got here what areas of strength do you see in this free agent class that fit our lions i know you've looked at it a little bit i know we've uh, broken down some sheets and some lists when you're looking at it from a big picture perspective like what kind of players and at what positions, I guess, is more the question. Do you feel our strengths out there that we can fill, knowing then, hey, those areas might be weak in the draft, sort of complement each other? You got anything like that on uh, you can help the people out? Um, now, like you said, there's a, there's a lot of pass rushes out there still, you know, and there seems to be a drop-off. And uh, I, li- I liked your take. I mean, you can get the bell. I agree with you on that, that maybe there's somewhere we can – you know, I don't want to say maybe the next tier under the guy, you know, under like Trey Flowers, but somebody, you know, that um, I'm not saying like a sleeper or anything like that, but, you know, people have heard of this guy, you know, and somebody like that. Um, trying to think of a name here really quick. Gosh, it's, it's gosh, it's, it's something I just had on the tip of the tongue, man. I'm sorry. I'll have to look it up here really quick. But if we can feel like I think there's plenty of pass rushers out there. But there's like no no elite ones after, you know Lawrence is gone. Frank Clark's you know getting paid big bucks, um, like like uh, linebacker C.J. Mosley is uh, set free, 
you know, um, uh, it seemed like he was really surprised that he wasn't franchised in Baltimore. And uh, CJ, I realize he's a linebacker, defensive end type of guy, but that that's a guy I believe who could fit the Lions um, on that. I believe the Lions need on defense. Another one, there seems to be an awful lot of safeties, you know, being uh, being uh, out there in free agency as well. And once again, like if you're not ready to hand the reins over to Tracy Walker, you want to give him a little more seasoning. You know, you go get one of those safeties that's out there because it seems to be an awful lot of safeties that are being uh, being uh, set free this year. Another another Baltimore Raven, Eric Weddle, he he seemed awful surprised. You know, based on his Twitter stuff that I seen that he was a uh, he was sent to free agency as well. So I think those would be the two main areas that the Lions need. But it seems to be a lot out there for the Lions to choose from. And I guess you know choosing wisely, like you said, uh, where do you want to spend your money? I just it's one of those things I believe those positions really help the Lions. And then uh, I, I hope they just don't become misers and penny pinch things and just decide, we'll just take this guy because he'll fill up a spot. So if we can get a safety position, I believe we go draft a corner. Or um, if it's one of those things where if we're going to sign a corner, maybe we draft a safety or if we sign a defensive end, we you know, go sign on the back, you know, on the back end of the defense, you know, as opposed to getting free agency and both of them. So I believe there's a lot of defensive backs and depth is good in defensive backfield of the draft. So they might do that. Look to sign, they look to sign a defensive tackle and then go draft a uh, defensive back. All right, man. Well, the way I see it is like some strengths in free agency that I seem to see is, um, again, what the Lions are looking for. So <clears throat> I feel like there's some linebackers, um, both some outside or some versatile guys that could be fits. Um, you're right. There are some safeties, but I just spent X amount of time promoting Landon Collins. Like, And then you bring up Eric Weddle. I love Eric Weddle as a player, and I also really loved him like five-plus years ago when he was not like mid-30s. Like, He might have another good year or two on like a real quality Super Bowl type team but it doesn't make any sense to go get a guy like that when the Lions are trying to add a physical force a guy they can build on he would be like a guy to help get you over the top now again linebackers what another position I love in free agency um just in general to kind of attack this is if you can find those mid receivers those kind of guys that aren't the top of the top but they're also gonna move chains they're gonna make plays and I think there's some of those guys out there. So, again, we're not necessarily getting to the names right now, but I'd look at the wide receiver position. If you can add a guy with some speed or a guy that can can be shifty and move some chains, um, those guys already have been in the game a while. They know the NFL game. They know how to get open. I, I like that as well as then you can add one in the draft. <coughs> Excuse me. But you don't have to – you don't have to reach for it. And then I also think, you know, we've talked about a few running backs. I really think you could add a, a really good depth player and free agency at the running back position. And then it opens you up to just wait it out in the draft. Like um, I love it when you see like five guys on the board. So you take a different position and you wait a whole round and see, Oh man, good. Two of those guys are still left. And then you go get that type of guy. So I'm, I'm looking at like adding the big safety like we've already talked about adding a depth running back, adding a veteran, good type receiver that can fill that GT role. And then also looking at, like, what do we need at linebacker? Like you said, is Christian Jones going to be around? How are we going to complement J.D.? Like, 
is there any outside guys that are that are physical uh, freaks so that can you can kind of run around everywhere and let Kennard rush more? Like that's what I'm looking at. So I'm super excited to sort of get free agency. I was actually talking to the big Hughes and I was like, you know, we're trying to get this draft buttoned up, but the real thing is we have no idea. Like as much as people think they do, we really have no idea who the Lions have on their short list for free agents and it kind of just pops out of nowhere you're just like oh man they could sign that guy he wasn't even you know on our short list but they probably had him targeted for a long time for different reasons than we would know so uh the free agency to me is a big wild card and super exciting so um any <coughs> anything else on that before we uh we're gonna talk my favorite thing Griffka. we're gonna talk the draft but you got anything else on free agency no let's move on because we have uh, actually a number of shows before uh you know you know, as free agency goes along, you know, we can uh, continue to talk about that. So let's move on. Yeah, man. Every week we'll be, we'll be updating you guys here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast with, uh, you know, who they sign, maybe what the rumors are, who they're looking at. We'll also always give our takes of maybe some guys that are out there that, Hey, if we were the GM, we'd love to go get them. So Grifka, I got some fun here, man. I I know, uh, again, you're a bit technically challenged, so I'm going to help you out. So on this end, what we're going to do today, Grifka, this is my big goal as we kind of get into the heat of draft season, basically a month and a half or so to go. I really want to button up that top eight and run some scenarios and figure out who's going to be there, who would you take, um, what are all the different options and scenarios so we really help the people understand, like, hey, if this happens, we take this guy. If these guys go, then I'm going to change up. I'm going to go get this, this guy. So what I want to do today is I'm going to run some – some mock drafts off the draft network's new mock draft machine. Now I know people have been just loving this thing on Twitter. It's an incredible, you know, um, tool to use. And uh, I'm going to run it on this end real quick and do those first seven picks. I'm going to tell you who was taken, who's on the board and Grifka, you're going to be the GM and sort of make the pick for the lions. We'll do a couple of these for the people. You ready for this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do this. All right. So I got it set up. Round one, we're going to pick for the Lions. So I'm going to start the draft. <clears throat> Just rolling through super quick. So here you go, Grifka. The top seven went Bosa, Allen, Jawan Taylor, Devin White to the Raiders. Quentin dropped down to Tampa Bay at five. At six for the New York Giants, Rashawn Gary. At seven, ya boy, TJ Hawkinson went. So Grifka. The, the top players that have Lions tags sort of on the board, Montez Sweat. You've got DK Metcalf. You've got you've got this other tight end, Noah Fant, because I know you want a tight end at this pick. Ed Oliver is there. Um, Greedy, your boy, is there. I mean, with who I named off, who are you taking at eight in this scenario? Oh, jeez. Out, out of those players you named off? Oh. Uh. Anybody I didn't name is available. Okay. Um, you know me, man. It's just like, I, I like greedy. I know the guy teaches guy how to tackle, you know, but uh, like I read something, people like, you don't like to tackle. And it's like, well, neither did Deion Sanders. So uh, I'll take greedy. All right. So with the eighth pick in the draft, uh, Grifka is going to take greedy Williams. I mean, I was talking with some friends recently. I mean, this guy has kind of been stumbling around, uh, didn't have a good combine. As you said, there's lots of things out about his tackling. I did a whole show over the weekend about how Matt Pat um, puts a big emphasis on tackling. I don't think this is a great fit. 
anymore. Um, I do think the Lions need help at corner, though. So GM Grifka takes Greedy Williams. Grifka, let me take the wheel here. I'm going to take this next one. We're going to redo this, get this thing going. Let me help you out here and show you how to uh, do a mock draft. So it's rumbling through. First seven picks. I'll go through these quickly. Bosa, in this in this mock, Greedy Williams goes number two. Oh, wow. boy. Man, even bigger stretch than Grifka. Uh, Allen at three, Devin White again at four, Jawan Taylor at five, Rashawn Gary at six, <clears throat> excuse me, and Kyler Murray goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars at seven. Hot garbage. Kyler. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is crazy. Like, uh, again, there's no way Greedy's going to, but that's the that's the uh, fun of the mock draft here. You never know what might happen. And, and the draft network, to be honest, I mean, they have really good data. <clears throat> excuse me. Really good um, overall grading, but again, this is sort of a random simulator, so at times you're going to see that. I'm sitting here at 8, Grifka. I got Quentin Williams on the board. I got DK. I got Sweat. I got Burns, who I like. I thought he had a great combine. Uh, Grifka's favorite, TJ Hawkinson, is there. If I'd like to take a tight end at number 8, I mean, I think that's a great value. Don't you agree, Grifka? Oh, yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Great. Love taking tight ends in the top 10. Love taking tight ends in the first round. <laughs> Absolutely. I knew you would love that. Um, so you rumble through. I mean, there's, you know, the corners are here, things like that. If this is my scenario, and again, bringing up the Big Hughes again here on our 100th show, we were talking about this. And uh, Big Hughes was high on, he's high on Quentin Williams. And I asked him, like, if he fell to the Lions, where would he fit? And he was kind of like, oh, you just play him next to uh, next to Snacks. I was like, well, what about Sean? What about Deshaun Hand? He was kind of like, oh, you just, Matt Pat would figure it out. And I agree he could, but to me, that's, again, going to the well like we did both with receivers. And I remember those years we kept taking defensive tackles like year after year. And even though I thought they were, you know, beasts and athletic, I thought it was kind of, hey, okay, DTs are good, but they don't make impacts like some of the other positions. So even at this point at eight, <coughs> you know, I'd probably pass on Quentin. Um, so we got my boy Farrell is out there. I mean – Man, I hate to go to the well again, Grifka, but I mean, but in this scenario, it's between Sweat and Ed Oliver to me. I mean, Ed Oliver's a, if you watch his tape, you watch his highlights, they're crazy. You just don't know where he's going to play. But I think, again, the mad scientist, Matt Peck, could uh, find a place to put him. And then Montez Sweat, who wasn't on my list, blew up the combine. The fastest 40 ever, like, looked like a stud. 6'5", 250, 60 pounds. I mean, he looked the part. I know you've been high on him. I thought he wasn't as athletic. If you go back and listen to the previous shows, I know, Grifka, you like to promote the old shows. Um, You'd hear me say, I like him. He's just not a star or not athletic enough to be great. So, again, with all that being said, I mean, I'm going to stick to my guns like I did in our mock draft. Man, I'm still going to take Ed Oliver here at number eight, and I'm going to play him on the edge. I'm going to play him in the middle in sub-packages. I'm going to stand him up sometimes and bring him straight up the A-gap on blitzes. I mean, I'm going to just make this guy a tarragon after the quarterback. So that's what I'm going to do at eight. I'm going to take the value and just kind of what's my best overall player at a position of need. And I think he fits both those probably the best athletic freak player. And also um, a guy that's really versatile. You can move all around and might just have to kind of take some time to learn these different spots. But I like uh, at Oliver there, another guy that was really tempting Grifka 
where do you sit with DK Metcalf after the combine he had? I mean, if they took him at number eight and added a absolute physical freak of receiver to Marvin and Kenny, like, what do, what would your thoughts be on that? Nope. Not because it, not Why? because I'm just saying, oh, I, I don't draft a wide receiver thinking the bad taste of the three in a row. That's not it at all. I think there's deeper needs on this team and that can help them win now as opposed to, you know, Metcalf. And don't get me wrong, I, I like Metcalf. It was one of those things where if they traded down and got him, sure. But Metcalf seems to be, you know, skyrocketing up boards right now. I mean, I just don't like you because I think there's other other needs on this team. Okay. I mean, I agree with you there that there are some other needs, but did you watch the combine? Yeah, I saw some of it. Okay, did you see this guy yep. run? I, I have never seen a guy that big run that hard and, and that fast. Like, it just passed the eye test for me, where I already knew he was good. My only thing is I don't like the neck injuries. I don't like some of the, um, you know, things you hear about, like, well, he's not a great route runner. It's like, He's 6'5", 235-some pounds, and he runs a 4'3". And, and like, when he ran, I was telling uh, Hughes, I was saying, that guy <laughs> just chews up ground and looked like an absolute top 10 receiver just with his physical gifts. And Hughes is like, oh, no, he'll be a bust. I'm like, you know, so we're, so we're fighting on that one. But uh, I think he'd be tempting. I agree with you on a trade down. If he's the best available, it would be more – more likely, but man, I mean, he absolutely blew it up. And usually I'm, I, I said, I'm not a big combine guy, but some of these guys passed my eye test and the measurables are there and they're, they would just be game changers, I think. So Grifka, I know I, I talked a lot there and we kind of gave some analysis. Let's go ahead and do one more for you and one more for me. And we'll kind of do a little less analysis, but uh, see if these turn out differently. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and roll again for you. This one looks like it, uh, it turned out nice. So we got Bosa at one, Allen at two, Jawan Taylor at three, Gary to the Raiders, Quinton to the Bucks, Montez to the Giants, and Kyler Murray seven. So real quick before you make your pick, like it's kind of curious. Like so, the Draft Network they don't have they don't have Kyler Murray going one. You know they got Nick Bosa in all these mocks. So I still think Bosa is overall the best player. I mean, just looking at him, he definitely passed the eye test. He has the lineage, but I'm surprised that he's not going or Kyler Murray's not going one here because I think, you know, everybody's pretty set that that is most likely scenario. So with those names, Grifko, you're on the board. You got Devin White, DK. You got Burns. You got TJ. You've got uh, Ed Oliver. You've got um, Greedy. You've got Wilkins. You've got uh, – I got – I already got top there. You know what you do? Because this guy, the, the guy I want, it, he's not this good. So you trade down. You trade down. You, you don't care. You trade down. No. And you take Rock Yasin. That guy's. He's all of a sudden my favorite name. I I love this guy. You know. Oh, I just gosh, want this guy. I mean, I, I don't care. You trade down. You take this guy. He's a first round DB. He's just not number eight DB. I mean, so this is the guy. You trade down. That's the guy you take. Okay, are you ready to give your real answer, Grifka? Or? Yeah, if that's the case, then I'm going to do what you want to do because you kind of <laughs> talked me into it. I'm trying to throw a little curveball because people don't think I want this. I'm talking, Yeah, I'm going to take Devin White. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look at Jared yes. Davis. I'm just, if, I'm at, if I'm at Patricia and Mother Goose, I look at Jared Davis, and I just hold my hand out and say, like, give me number 40. And go give it to the Rook. There you go, Devin White. 
All right. Well, let me let me talk for a second about uh, so down, trade down answer. I'm always for trade down, but here we gotta make the pick. Secondly, I think you were trying to be funny about Rocky Sin. I talked about this guy on like two other shows, Griffin, and said I loved him at the Senior Bowl. He's he's a competitor. Yeah, he he's physical. I love him. And then and now you were you were you being serious or not? No, I no, I like this guy. I watched more of him. Saw him, you know, saw him at the combine. And plus, he's just got a cool. I remember you bringing him up, but yeah, I just really like his name too. So I like greedy, <laughs> but I think I like Rocky Sin even more. So seeing him okay. more, he's really grown on me. No, I remember you talking about him. I do, and you brought him up. But yeah, I saw him. I saw him at the combine, and um, you know they show like you know as he's doing stuff, they profile him a little bit. So yeah, that and I just really like his name. But he's not, he's not number eight good. He's not, but he's first round good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Grifka, again, we had our big argument against a hundred show. If people want to go back and listen, we had probably a twenty to thirty minute argument where you were the draft wizard and I didn't know anything, and I was yelling at you because you don't know anything, and I put all this time in on the draft. So let me. Let me school you as I said I would. So now you're picking up names I've been putting down for a while. Rocky Sin, let's get it out of the way right off the top. It's a great name, no doubt about it. I mean, Grifko, you may draft for names, I don't, but I but I do appreciate them. Secondly, Grifka, not only is this guy not a first round pick, I'm trying to get Rocky Sin maybe in the third round, maybe even hoping he slips. Later, if it I've had to get him in two, I would. I've seen plenty of mock drafts where he's taken in the first round. Late in the first round. No, no I've seen zero. Okay, then so I guess you're, you're not you're watching 20... the NFL Network. I just saw two of them where he was in the first round. I mean, he was going like <laughs> 29, 30. But, yeah, he was in the first yeah. round. Okay, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't see it. I mean, just because just cause your boy Mel Kuyper put it down, Griffith, doesn't mean that it's true or, or that it's good uh advice so to me this guy if i had to take him in the mid to late second i'd i'd be decently okay if i get him at the top of the third i love it um but no i'm not taking this guy in the mid to late first uh he i mean again competitor uh scrappy you know showing good things but he played at temple i mean he's not he's just not a first round talent i mean it would have to be a reach if somebody really needed a corner. Maybe I could see it. But anyway, I don't want to get too off track. So we'll see how that shakes out. And if he does go in late first, I'll tip my cap. But again, I've been seeing this guy late second, top of the third, you know. And then, like I said, if I can stretch and wait even longer, I'd love to do so. So um, now that school is you, let me go ahead and hit go on my draft. Well, that's people like your can opinion, get some man. Good that's not here. schooling me. Like I said, you've seen it that. I've seen it where he's in the late first. So, okay. I mean, okay. Okay, but you're drafting this guy because he has a cool name and because you saw him a couple weeks ago. Like, uh, I'm trying to tell you what I've been seeing on this guy since, I don't know, since college football ended and since I've been reading up on these corners. Like, in the corner range, he's probably the – let me see. I mean, in my head, he's probably, like, in the top ten of corners. But, I mean, he's not, he's not like, top five corner in this okay. draft. <laughs> so, we're gonna move um, on. Okay, <laughs> we wanted we wanted short. We just kind of got off the beaten path like we usually do. Yeah. Well, we had our big fight, so now it's draft season, and you got to back up okay. these these comments. You got him going in the third. I got him going have, in the late so. first. Okay. There you go. No, you said you would have traded down a little bit and then pick him for the Lions, and I say I would. I said I would, trade down. He's a he's a I late would, round first. I said he's not he's not number eight, but he's late round. 
That's what I said. Oh man, I, I I'd punch you in the face and take your candy if you took if you took Rocky Sin in the middle of the first round after trading down. Okay, well you would oh, trade down and right. take a tight end. Okay, so at least at least my guy would be on the field, okay. you know, um, making uh, plays. Your guy would get the ball thrown to him like every like tenth time, and then people are like they never use him. So. Okay, we're we're about to go on a, another one minute uh, where I got a school Griffka because Griffka the draft is about value, man. I don't care if Rocky Sin's incredible. You don't overreach for a guy just because you saw him, you kind of like him, and he's got a fun name. You wait it out. That's why That's why you'd be, like, just taking your buddies because you kind of like him, and then you wouldn't know that, hey, could have got that guy two rounds later. You know what I mean? That's the whole game of the draft. How long can I wait? Where's this guy's value? I'm telling you. Round-type talent in this draft. He's just not. Okay. But, he, but he's a good football player. Okay, I'm going to make my pick here because we got other – fun things to talk about for the people. Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Taylor, White, Williams, Gary, and Kyler Murray. So so pretty standard. So I've got, um, you know, same type of names sitting here looking at me. I've got the corners. Uh, you know, again, I was big on the corners. They've fallen. In my, even though I thought my boy Byron Murphy was good, I think he's a mid to late round first guy uh, where I had him pegged. DK in this mock is the top guy on the board. Absolute monster. Um, I got my same type of options. I got Oliver. I got all those type of guys. I mean, in this scenario, just to change it up for the people, man, I took Ed Oliver and was going to move him around. I mean, I'm coming your way a little bit, Griff, even though I've been yelling at you here a bit on the show. Uh, I feel like what Montez Sweat did at the um, scout or at the senior bowl, he had a great week, and then, like I said, I didn't love some of his interviews or just athleticism. But, man, when I saw him run, I, he looked like a little bit slender, more slender Peppers to me, Julius Peppers. He's got that same size, he's got the same athleticism, that same look, really. I mean, I could see him putting him in a 94 Lions jersey, telling him to get after the passer, and uh, he could be that young. Here we go, Grifka. If we had an Oakry Bell, we'd hit it. Cheap option at defensive end rather than paying that big money that I think could really uh, both make plays and grow in a role. I think they could coach him up to where in a year or two, he'd be a really solid defensive end in the NFL based on what I've seen so far. So I'd be taking Montez Sweat in with this pick here. Um, passing on the skill guys, passing on the tight end, Grifka. You proud yeah, of him? Of course. Tight ends are a wasted first round <laughs> pick. No, no, they're not, man. I'm. You and Hughes need to get it through your head that it doesn't matter where you take these guys if they end up balling. So, like, yeah, you can wait, or I say wait, and you should wait for value, but you cannot just say a whole position group is a waste because that's just that's just lazy uh, analysis. Right it's there. a luxury pick. It means you're filled at all your main skill positions. No matter who they are. Okay. Um, so we've done some fun mock drafts. I know that's the talk of the – the universe right now is mock drafts and figuring out. So we did a couple Sims there working through eight and uh, we saw what I love about that. So we pretty much saw the same names that are going to be there. Now it's about who do you like? Who would you take? Who are the lines looking at? Who fits the lines? All that type of stuff. So a um, couple more things on the draft, Grifka, and then we've got a few uh, questions and we'll close up this show. So we've looked at the targets. Like what are your top five, like, talents in your mind that fit the lines if they just sit at eight and pick based on kind of who would be there how would you rank them based on 
or just give me five names. Just give me five names that would fit the lines. You'd be okay that, with that. Number I mean, through different draft simulations that we just you know pulled, like names that could fall to them, is, is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, you've been you've been reading Mel Kuyper, like you know who's kind of okay with at number eight. Make it simple. Okay. Um. Well, Farrell from Clemson. I know you. You know I've been high on this guy for a while. That that guy. I've seen you know plenty of drafts where he falls actually past the Lions. Um. One I've seen. Okay, actually a couple different drafts I've seen fall. You know him. I would take Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. I'd be very happy with that pick. That was another one. Um, let's see. Um, you, you know me once again. I I, I like DBs, and I'll, and I'll still go with Greedy Williams. You know, I, I know, like you said, a lot of people like talking about how he doesn't like to tackle, but you know, I know a lot of DBs out there that don't like to tackle. Um, he would be a third one. Uh, Ed Oliver, he was another one. Like you said, just watching him at Houston, he was the best player on that defense down in Houston, and he. Team still has trouble stopping him. And then the last one, um, Brown out of Georgia, DeAndre Brown, would be the uh, other DB. DeAndre Brown. DeAndre, oh, DeAndre Baker. Ray. Why am I thinking DeAndre Brown? DeAndre Baker. Why are you why are you thinking why are you thinking DeAndre Baker at number eight, Griska? Like you can't take him at number eight. Okay. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <sighs> Should I say TJ Hawkinson? Because they a lot of people have had that too. <laughs> no, but DeAndre Baker didn't have a, a good combine. He hasn't tested well. Like everyone's souring on him. He's probably, you know, a, a maybe a late first, second. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if he slips. He's a good physical corner, but he's not going uh, anywhere near the top ten, buddy. Oh. I mean, so uh, if I had to get my top five, I mean – you know, in no particular order. I mean, you're seeing lots of mock drafts with Rashawn Gary. I don't love that, but he's just so athletic and had such high pedigree. You know, I, I wouldn't mind it. Uh, Ed Oliver has been a guy I'm really intrigued by. He's either basically off the Lions board, I bet you, or like the top target. It's one of the two because they either are super excited how to use this guy or they're just – don't I don't want anything to do with him based on where he played and how he played in college. Um, Devin White, just super solid. I mean, that'd be kind of my third guy. I mean, now, again, realistic target. <clears throat> now I'd have to go um, – I'd have to get Montez in that top five just as a, as a legit target. And uh, hmm, let me see who would be my other guy. See – Cleveland Farrell to me is is still a guy I like, but I just see him falling down boards. I mean, he's at 32 in a couple mocks. He's in the mid rounds or kind of falling down a little bit just based on both athleticism and just in general. So, I mean, I still like the player, but I'm kind of leaning against against him. I mean, is there any chance that Josh Allen gets in that eight range, Griffka, or no? Uh, everything I've seen, he's going like top five. Yeah, he's – I mean, he is – like, I know that he's going there. I'm just curious, like, he didn't have good workouts either, and he's an outside backer with some edge. I wonder if he'd drop a few spots. All he has to do is go from four to eight. I mean, that's four slots he'd fall where he could be to us. If he was there, I mean, I think he's a scheme fit. He'd be great. And then I'll, I'll throw in one bonus, number five, A or B. Hey, man, DK Metcalf, just based on physical freakishness, 
is in my uh, top five Lions targets if he's there and if that's the route they want to go. I think he'll be kind of unguardable at the next level just based on his uh, physical stature, you know, and his speed. I mean, you only have to be precise. You just run past people and throw it up to him. So um, those are good top fives. Uh, real quick, Grifka, I mean, any give me one position that you think is deep in this draft. Defensive back. Yeah, I agree. Talked about a lot of grief, but I do think it's deep. It's just a matter of where you can get him. He didn't even bring up my boy, uh, Awarie from Penn State, the guy I really hope that is available in the second round, who I'd love to have. So I agree with you there. As much as you hate it, Grifka, this is a deep tight end class. I think it's going to be a good tight end class. I think, you know, if they can get one in that second, third round, that would be the sweet spot. And uh, I hope it happens. So yeah, like I said, I would I would uh, tight end in the second round. I, I'm not adverse to, but tight end in the first round, yeah. Yeah. Well, like you say, uh, a trade down or lower. I mean, T.J. Hawkinson. One thing I saw about him real quick is he stayed super low, like in every draft. You can t- or every drill. You can tell this guy like knows leverage and knows how to get under um, somebody's pads and get after people. That's a little thing I noticed didn't test well didn't blow me away but um, I could just tell he's kind of a meat and potatoes type football player so Grifka we've talked about a lot man we've kind of went back and forth it's been a fun show so far let's go ahead and just uh, take a couple questions and we'll close this show up and we'll get back at people on Friday you ready to do this Grifka this first question comes from Mel from Baltimore Mel wants to know hey Grifka why do you feel the Lions fans get so freaking hype this time of year around draft season? Just probably because it's the hope from the lack of success this team has had, thinking oh, that uh, thinking that we get our next superstar or something like that, put us over the top. I, I, I think that's why. And uh, I've said it before, you know, draft picks are like Detroit Lions crack. You know, fans crack. I mean, it was like, oh, what can we do with this? What can we get with this? Just think, just think. And I, I think that's why. I mean, honestly, I mean, we've had this argument before that, like, I'm like, you think the Patriots are out there looking for, like, you know, worried about their draft position? You think the Steelers? You're like, well, they're always winning. You're right. You think Lions fans would always be worrying about their draft position if they were winning all the time? So I think that's why. I I mean, you can say it's like boo-hoo, whatever, but I think that's why. I mean, why why do you think there's that groundswell for, like, you know, know, when you're having a bad year, oh, just keep losing and get a better draft pick? I mean, you're looking for that next superstar to, you know, maybe put you over the top. That's my belief. Right, and you finally got around to your good point at the end is, yes, that's why people get so excited about the NFL draft, and that's why the NFL draft is basically like no other draft in pro sports because the college game brings so many studs every year. that Yeah, if you're picking in the top five, the top ten, you can change your franchise with one pick. You can you can take a mid-level defense and make it a great defense with one of these premier prime-time stud-type generational sometimes players that you can pick when you're picking high. That's why the the Lions fans love it is because every year when your team isn't good or even when they're in the middle of the pack, everybody knows that hitting on a couple of these young prospects can change your team for years to come. And again, if they listen to this show, they know they're super cheap. They're on great contracts and it's just the way to build your team. No doubt about it. So, um, you know, hope springs eternal, but the NFL draft out of all of them, is one that you can just absolutely get uh, top-level talent 
and uh, it makes a big, big difference. Another question here, actually our final question that we'll just go uh, wrap this show up, Griffka. Devin from Baton Rouge, he wants to know, do you think Matt Pat could put two middle linebackers on the field at once in this defense and this scheme, and could it work? I know you kind of hit on this earlier, but give the people a pitch of either why it can or can't work. Um, I, why, why it can work? That, that's just – that's – fast that's speed and you can't teach speed and yeah we've talked about jared davis needing to work on a couple things and even devin white like i've said i I believe they're just mirror images of each other but you know devin white i believe covers a little better i mean he's fast obviously we saw that at the combine how fast he is You, you just can't teach speed and those guys can fly so even if it's one of those things where you still plan on doing like more of a four three and you gotta bump one to the outside I'm I'm okay with that if you're going to run more of like a three four type scheme and having those two guys patrol the middle and even if um it comes up passing down both guys are fast enough to cover at this point I guess I'd rather see what Devin White can do in a cover you know coverage scheme as opposed to Jared Davis I I feel I kind of know what Jared Davis is on coverage but um that's why that's just the biggest thing is speed I mean you can't, you can't teach speed. Grifka I've been selling Devin White. All year, I've been telling you why it could work. I've been telling you, look at Matt Pat's old defenses. He had two great linebackers. I'm here to tell you now, <clears throat> for Devin from Baton Rouge on this question, I don't see it happening. I, I see them waiting and maybe getting a linebacker in different rounds that's either more of that Jack Rush linebacker or a guy that can be more of a depth player. I think, you know, it's just not going to be where their value is. They're going to fill some other needs. And I also think that you said, uh, Jared Davis, hand over your Jersey. Like that's not happening, man. This guy, they're making him the centerpiece of this defense. They are going to live and die with this guy. Hopefully he's going to continue to grow in his role. That number 40 is stay on Jared Davis. He'll be the captain of this D hopefully with some better pieces around him in all the different uh, spots on the defense. But I, I just kind of see them staying with him and not adding another alpha like Devin White as much as I would probably like to see it. So, um, you know, that, that's how I see it going down. Grifka, the 100th show, man. We're done. We've talked news and notes. We brought the people um, some heated discussion on free agency. We've we broke down some mock draft sims where you were the GM, where I was. We talked about the picks. We made the picks as if we were Bobby Quinn. We answered a few questions from Mel and from Devin. Um, I think it's time to shut this show down, man. Number 100. It's been an awesome ride. We're looking for 100 plus more. And uh, we love talking Detroit Lions football. Uh, absolute blast. Thank you to all the fans, the people, and everybody that um, is listening to the podcast. To close up the show, Grifka, the question of the day. Do you have anything else for the people before we get out of here? Uh, Nope. Well, that's going to do it, everybody. Uh, we thank you so much. We will be right back here Friday morning on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in. <laughs>